Hello. Hi, everybody. I'm Sarah Westcott. I'm Katie Willie. And this is To Be Read. The podcast where we talk about books and the cocktails that go with them. And we nailed it. We did it for the first time. <laughs> we Woo-hoo! did it for the first time ever. Oh, my God. That's amazing. That's amazing. I don't think that's ever happened before. I'm so excited. I don't know. I think maybe like the first one, we're like, yeah, we like that. I feel good about it. I feel I did, good about I it. Felt fantastic. Okay, um, Katie, how you doing? I'm okay. <laughs> uh, we had a uh, soccer tournament in Vermont this weekend. Ooh, okay. It was fun. Yeah, it was in Burlington. I've never been there. I have. It's beautiful. I love it Burlington. is. It was really cool. There's lots a lot of, of good places to drink. Breweries, yep. which we had zero free time. Oh, that's so sucks. we crammed one in between uh, two which, of the games. Which one? Uh, foam. I love foam. It was I nice. Love, love, love foam. It's right on the lake. Like, yes. Uh, it's cool. Yeah. It's cool. Foam is awesome. And I remember I w- the first time I went there was actually for my anniversary, which is today, by the way. Uh, my, today happy is, anniversary. Thank you. It's the first day of summer, my 14th anniversary this year. I think it was for my 10th anniversary. So four years ago, we went down and up. Um, up sorry. Yeah. Up to Burlington. And um, we went with the Eaton's, Jen and Jim, and um, just hit. Like a bunch of birds. Like we just yeah. like we're going and whatever. By the end of the night, we were blasted. I think I was nice. laying on the lawn somewhere. But um, foam was awesome, and there was he probably isn't there anymore after four years. A super hot guy that worked there. I mean, maybe there are other ones. But... Um, the two guys that were working there probably weren't working there four years ago because they probably. were probably still in middle school. So yeah, I'm gonna yeah. go with probably not. Yeah, but it was fun. It was a good time. Saturday was um really cold, rainy, windy. <sighs> yeah cold saturday sucked sucky game yeah. sucky day to sit and watch two games of soccer but yeah. i it was a great experience the kids did awesome they yeah. won they tied they lost and they won so four okay. games yeah right, and then they're cool. at the level where they don't do like a championship it's just they do like points based off of how many points you score yeah. and your wins or whatever yeah. to determine the actual winner but gotcha it wasn't my kid but that's all right they had fun they yeah. did good that's the most important part that's the most yeah. important part yeah how are um, you I'm good. And I want to, like, I I think on our last episode, I talked about my kid and his baseball career. Yeah. And literally that week, my kid decided to, like, turn it on. Nice. So, you know, he actually started hitting the ball. He started really trying hard. And I was, like, very impressed and happy with him. And and I felt bad being like, oh, he's just average, you know, whatever. And that's still the case. He's, you know, he's an average baseball player is what it is. Yeah, but but... you know what? You sent that out into the atmosphere and the the ethos were like, if you Sarah, he's good. (laughs) Exactly. And then um, actually on Saturday, they played in um, the final championship game and they won. So (gasps) that's so awesome. Yeah, we won the champion. We won the championship on Saturday. It was um we had a three game series so for the championship so wednesday was the first game we lost we won on thursday then we had friday off and then we won on saturday so it was very exciting the kids were so excited the boys Mm -hmm. were going nuts i got a video of it i'm so happy like i was just i was sitting in my car because it was fucking freezing yes um but i could see the entire field and when i when the last three outs were up i got out of the car and made sure that i could run over there and stuff so yeah yeah it was exciting though very cool awesome so is he gonna is he gonna keep going with baseball so so yeah i mean like i like i told you it's kind of bittersweet right now because this is his last season of little league you know but um there is um it's called the sorensco uh baseball it's still babe roof stuff but i guess it's not really considered little league because you can play older yeah you can play until you're out of high school i think so um 
we're talking to him about it. it not going to push him into anything because he's also going to start playing school sports, you know? Yeah. I mean, he's got golf coming up in the fall. Um, he's probably going to do track in the spring. So um, I don't know if he's going to do baseball for school. He might try out for that. I- I'm leaving all that up to him. Good. So I don't want to push him into anything other than maybe track because he's really, really good at running. That's awesome. <laughs> yes. Yeah, definitely. Well, you guys so, are both runners, so that would make sense. Yeah, and he's got – Eden's got these long, lanky legs like John. He's super fast like John, and if he has – if he could get, like, the endurance yep. running like I can, he, I think he'd be pretty unstoppable. That's Sophie, like, too. That's like Adam. He's got yeah. long gazelle legs. He yeah. looks like a giraffe, but yeah, it's he, like, uh, he's used to – he usually plays defense for soccer. Yeah. And he's fantastic – like – really fucking amazing at it yeah I, i'm so proud of him um but then like every now and then his coach will be like you want to play offense and he's like yeah and then he'll get up there and he, you can like see him being like <gasps> i'm moving all the time <laughs> just like the endurance yeah. isn't always there yeah. and i like aiden gets that way when he plays basketball it's you're going you're all, going up and down all the, the time court yep. constantly at full speed and and he, you know, does the the same thing basically, yeah. and it's like, bro, knock it off. Yeah. Like, I mean, you're in for like two minutes at a time. R- take a take a goddamn. I mean, breath. <laughs> I, I will fully take uh, responsibility for Adam being like that because I can't. I have zero yeah. athletic endurance. Like, yeah. <laughs> three minutes in, I'm like, all right, I need to sit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I hear you. I, I was never a sporty kid. I mean, I, I certainly played some sports. I was a cheerleader through high school. I'm not going to say that that was very sport. Hence my three minutes and I right. need to sit because right. I can go out exactly. and I can do a three-minute routine three and put routine. everything exactly. out on the floor. It's like yes. a sprint. Yes. But, like, standing out there for a long time and doing it constantly yeah. or whatever is a lot tougher. So um, I didn't start running until I was 28 years old. And, like, I keep telling my kids, I'm like, you never know. Like, you might be really good at this. I wish that I had done this and figured this out in school because I could have done something with yeah. this. You know what I mean? I mean, Instead, you are now. I mean, I'm I'm doing stuff that like I want to be doing, you know, whatever, like the running the halves and all the 50 states and everything. But what I mean is I could have gone to school for this. I could have like done something big with this. But if you had gone to school for running, what are the chances you would have gone to Cortland? And what are the chances you would have met John? There, That's where things like screw up. You know, you have no idea. And then 14 years later, here you, you are. Know, here we are. Um, obviously, it's more than 14 years because we didn't just get married, get married like that, but whatever. Anyway, it's not um, a show like Married at First Sight or something like that. Yeah, I think it is. I think I it is. No, I why would you want to do that? <laughs> People are fucking nuts. Uh, anyway, Katie, let's jump into our prologue because I'm ready for this fucking drink. Yes. All right, let's do it. The prologue. Okay. Um. So, Katie, we read uh, what we don't talk about when we talk about fat, uh, and that's by Aubrey Gordon. Um, we do want to put like a little brief thing in here. I don't think you need to read this book in order to listen to this podcast nope. because the um, just like any other any of our social commentary episodes, like there's really important stuff that should be known to all. Um, so that's one thing we want to preface here. You don't have to read have read this book to um, enjoy this conversation that we're going to have. Um, the, my quick brief brief um, fun facts here on this one. Uh, this was published in, on November seventeenth, twenty twenty. Yeah, COVID. Um, yeah, like right. No, yeah, middle like of COVID. yeah, middle of COVID. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, she started writing essays basically um, because she was arguing with a friend uh, about thin people and fat people and their relationships with their bodies, and she wrote her friend a letter, 
And the friend said, um, I want to share this. Can you post this on social media? And she was afraid to. And so she ended up posting it. However, she posted it anonymously. She signed it, your fat friend. And um, that's basically how she started writing these essays and publishing these essays. But for five years, she was anonymous and just had it was posting these things as your fat friend. So is each chapter one of the essays or is like the breakdown in, inside the chapters I'm, more? I'm going to guess that a lot of that probably is because I believe this is her first book. Okay. I'm almost positive this is her first book. Am I wrong? Your, wait, cre- it says creator of your yeah, fat friend. Yeah, creator of your fat friend. So meaning that person. Yes. Okay. Correct. Correct. And um, I guess she outed herself. I can't remember exactly how she did it. I was reading it about it today, but she did out herself so she could publish, publish the book. book. Yeah. Yes. And um, I'm pretty certain she has more coming out if she hasn't already written another book. But of course, I don't have the name of that off the top of my head. I bet Chrissy would know. That's all right. That makes so much more sense because there was a, a, a lot of times in the different chapters where she would kind of repeat the same, yes. like a couple sentences here and there yes. about the same whatever topic she was talking at. Right. That part would touch on again. So whether it's referencing popular culture or any other journals or whatever that she was mentioning. Right, right, exactly. Um, so those are my fun facts. Uh, I don't really think we need a synopsis about this book, honestly. I mean... What if I just read wanna... this little part right here? Yeah, why don't you read okay. that? Okay. In what we don't talk about when we talk about fat, Aubrey Gordon, creator of Your Fat Friend, unearths the cultural attitudes and social systems that have led to people being denied basic needs because they are fat. From the racist history of the BMI index to the war on fat people under the veil of... Im- of an epidemic to fat calling, Gordon pushes the discussion beyond self-love and toward authentic fat activism, which includes ending legal weight discrimination, giving equal access to health care for large people, increased access to public spaces, and ending anti-fat violence. Good. Good. Yeah. And I wanted to tell you that I wanted to start calling that portion of our podcast where you read the synopsis, the reader rundown. Do you like that? I do. <laughs> okay. Yes. So you heard it here for, for so folks. So that was the reader rundown. That was our reader rundown for uh, what we don't talk about when we talk about fat. Um, Katie, why don't we talk about our cocktail? Our cocktail. So yes. we wanted to do um, a fat bitch cocktail or a fat cocktail and couldn't find anything that really applied. So we made our own. Mm-hmm. And it is essentially a margarita with grenadine in it, <laughs> which probably exists in the world. Already. I'm pretty sure that there's plenty of them, but we didn't follow a recipe to make that part of it. We followed a recipe for the margarita and then yes. just swirled in swirled some in our, pretty, in our, yeah, pretty and grenadine and grenadine for taste. And we're, I, I think we're calling it your fat, your friend, fat friend. Right? It is okay. absolutely because if you do, oh, that's the one thing I do want to say. If you Google most caloric cocktails a margarita is either first or second i think it's number two i think yeah. it's number two okay. i can't remember what number one long island, long island yeah. yeah that's a lot of here liquor. we go i'm not driving home i know i know wait are we doing it cheers mm-hmm. yeah yep yeah that's delicious i may add grenadine to all of my every margaritas margarita. from now on every margarita that's really good why wouldn't you I love grenadine. You like grenadine a lot. We have had this conversation we before. Have. I love grenadine so certainly much. certainly do. Certainly. So, yeah, <laughs> certainly. Certainly. <laughs> I am going to start adding grenadine to my margaritas, I think. Dear John. Yeah. I not- no longer want pink mar- non-peak mar- well, non-pink <laughs> margaritas. Yay for pre-gaming. Uh, all right. Um, 
Okay, here here's where things get a little weird. We're not actually this is we're not gonna, a narrative book. We're gonna call. We're gonna go into the story, but yes. it's not. It, we're, it's our story of discussing the book, but there is no real storyline yes, to the book. This, it's not a narrative book. It's um mostly like memoir. It's memoir with like fact based uh, stuff about. Yep certain laws and um, policies and all that stuff. Yep. So um, we actually think that we might have a special guest with us today. Yeah. So do we want to pause and check our phones? Why don't we take a pause and figure that out? All right. And we're back. Um, and we do have our special guest with us. Woo! This is <laughs> this is a person that we have known for the better part of twenty years. Definitely um, you, me, probably slightly less, slightly closer less. to how long I've known you. Yes, um, I went to college with her. I've known her for probably eight, eighteen to nineteen years, and um, her name is Chrissy Smith. She's amazing, and we're excited to have her on. She is the one who asked us to read this book. And Chrissy, I'm going to turn it over to you. Hi, Chrissy. <laughs> Hi. Hey, thanks for having me. I'm really excited to be here and to be talking about this book. We are so excited to have you. Thanks. So, can you tell us um, a little bit, I guess maybe a little bit about yourself and then why you want people to... uh, Read this book and discuss it and make it more known than it is. Yes, I would love to. And I'm so glad that you... You went with my Mm -hmm. recommendation to read this book. I'm really appreciative because this is a really important book. So I'll start with, I am Chrissy, as they said, and I am their fat friend. And I was really um, having a hard time, like being the fat friend in, in a a group of, of women. And just throughout my life, I have been in a larger body and so this past year, I actually joined a support group for women with a history of disordered eating who have diabetes. Okay. And in that support group, I learned about the podcast Maintenance Phase, which is um, co-hosted by Aubrey Gordon, yes. the, the author of this book. And so from that group, you know, I learned about the podcast, I learned about the book, and then I read it and I was like, this really speaks to a lot of my experiences Mm -hmm. as a fat person and like living in the world in a larger body. And there's just so many important points that we need to talk about, but I'll just say like, that's why it's so important. And that's why I'm so glad that we're talking about it on the podcast today. Yes. And I just, I want to let you know, Chrissy, that in the beginning of um, our episode, we also mentioned that, um, even if you don't read this book, this is still an important conversation, and we hope that people will li- will listen and hear it and um, take it in. Yes, one hundred percent agree with that. Thank you. And you know, you know that we've had a few um, episodes of ours have been kind of social commentary episodes, yes, very much so. Recent, um, especially recently, especially recently, yes. Which you know, I mean. <laughs> this is the world that we live in, you know? I mean, we have to have these hard and difficult and uh, important conversations. Yes. So, um... So I want to just... I I, I didn't say this to you yet, Sarah, and I'm going to say it. I kind of was saving it to say it to both Sarah and Chrissy. I had a really hard time with the beginning of this book. Um, It hit me as something I... Chrissy, I absolutely adore you. I love you. You know that. And I... it was opening my eyes by like page seven i was having a hard time realizing that it's a whole other issue that i myself have never 
personally introspected and dealt and thought about. Yes. And it it, it hurt to realize that about holy yourself. fuck, yeah. I'm not a racist. I'm not a misogynist. I'm not an ageist. I'm not a sexist. I'm not any of those things. But maybe I am Fat-phobic, a fattest, yes. an, an anti-fat. Yes. And but it's so hard for me to say that because it's not specific people. Like Chrissy, I never look at you and say, I don't like you. I don't want to look at your body because I adore you. And I would never think that about you specifically. But it's the bigger discussion that needs to be had. And it's it was terrifying for me to Absolutely. realize that there's this whole component that I've never addressed. Yes. Katie, I, I love that you said that so much because I... I think that's like exactly what needs to come of people reading this book is like as as a person in a larger body what come what came of reading this book for me is like recognition and seeing myself and knowing that like wow someone someone gets it and then people in smaller bodies reading it and and getting it yes and be like oh fuck like yeah i i need to look at this in a different way so i just appreciate you putting the effort and the heart like and, and like the openness into reading this book and really like doing the work to get it because somebody could read this book and be like i don't want to believe that that's bullshit right it's all just it's all just somebody bitching about yeah it's just excuses it's this it's that whatever but it's like no it takes some serious reflection on like what we've been socialized to believe to realize like oh shit this is information that has never been presented to me before absolutely this um i think I, i had the same feelings in the sense that um, I, you know, you guys know about me that when I started running, I, I lost a lot of weight. And that's something that um, I, I might get like a little emotional here because... Um, that's right, I'm already teary. I know. <laughs> it's tough. This is, this is tough because um, I still have those thoughts about myself. And the thoughts where I'm not pretty enough, I'm not skinny enough for society. I'm not, you know, and, and, and once again, I have never had these feelings looking at anybody else. It's all internalized. Mm -hmm. It's all me. It's all, you know, like, but that I think is part of the larger discussion about how society views what women are supposed to look like and, and, um, act like, and all of that stuff. So, um, you know, that's just, that's just my own journey with this book. Uh, you know, it was hard to, it was hard to like see that stuff and be like, well, maybe sometimes the way that I treat myself isn't totally great. You know what I mean? And, um, I don't know. I think that's, that's, (laughs) I I love that too, because it's like, even, even as someone who like, currently lives in a smaller body like you knew what it was when you lived on a larger body mm-hmm. those feelings and thoughts are still with you because we've <laughs> all been socialized this way and even people that live in smaller bodies like because of this freaking diet industry yeah which is like, so ridiculous bodies have been so influenced to think that their bodies are still too large right right when they're like potentially underweight you yes. know 
like it's so so it's just such a pervasive issue so i'm really glad that like this this book did you know speak to a part of your journey and help you in some ways i i appreciate that coming from you <laughs> you i just want everybody to know um chrissy is one of the most positive uh wonderful, sweetest, kindest people that I've known for, you know, again, nearly 20 years. And um, your opinion has always meant so much to me, like no matter what topic we're discussing, I love having conversations, difficult conversations with you. Absolutely. Me as well. Less less years of conversations, but still the same. (laughs) All of those things. Uh, So, Chrissy, I know that you and I had texted a little earlier today. Um, There were certain things. uh, Again, I told you earlier, you know, I I love this conversation. I I don't we don't want to take up a lot of your time. We know that you have a lot of stuff going on at home. Um, There are certain things that you want to touch on. And Katie and I, I'm sure we'll go in them a little bit more We'll probably go into a lot of stuff that you're going to mention when we have our separate conversation, but I wanted to give you the opportunity to um, put out there the things that you think are most important in this conversation. I'm like dancing in my seat, ready to... (laughs) You almost almost look like you're doing the Cuban shuffle. (laughs) That's my favorite dance, especially when it's called my name. Yes, I thought so. I was like, was she calling it Cuban Shuffle on, on purpose? Yes, yes, okay. I am, because that's what I thought it was called until about oh, six Jesus months ago. Jesus Christ, okay, that's amazing, <laughs> that's amazing, I love that story, okay. Um, I think there's a pretty solid video of me on Sarah's wedding video doing that. Oh, probably, yeah, yeah, yeah. right before John felt up your grandma. <laughs> no, that was at Jess's wedding. That was at right, Jess's wedding. Right, right. Yeah, my yeah. bad. John did not feel up my grandma at my <laughs> wedding. That would have been it would have been a lot more disturbing yes. at my wedding than at oh, Jess's. Oh no, you had cowboy, you had cowboy boots at your wedding. <laughs> yes, I did. Yeah. Well, let's, well, that's not going to that. <laughs> <laughs> it's your anniversary, so I did. Yes, happy anniversary. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> this is the way I roll. There's, there's like so many important points that I want to make about the content that's addressed in this book. And like, I also consume a lot of content that is related to this in terms of the Maintenance Babes podcast and other like different podcasts and TikTok creators. And I guess the number one thing that I'll say is that like, you know, when you kind of have your whole perspective about body size and diet culture blown up, And then you're like, okay, well, then what do I do? And how do I, like, go about eating in a healthy way? And what is the answer? Right. From my perspective, the answer is intuitive eating. And there's a lot of information you can find about that on TikTok and different social media channels. I actually work with an amazing nutritionist who is a non-diet dietitian Mm -hmm. focused on intuitive eating and, like, really taking care of yourself when it comes to food. She specializes in working with people with a history of disordered eating and like helping people unlearn all of the, the crap that we've been taught about these different <clears throat> diets and like not having to spend all of our money on these crazy diets and these different fads and stuff that really do not work. Like there is so much actual research because you know me, I'm an academic. So my <laughs> nutritionist actually sent me like multiple research articles, like an entire folder of research articles on 
why diets do not work. Mm -hmm. And I just want people to know that it's not you. It's not you. You're not failing at dieting. Diets don't work. Our bodies are not designed this way. So those are like a couple of the really big important points. And then just in general, like how you move about the world in relation to fat people, like understanding that there are many different reasons why people's bodies are the sizes that they are. Right. And just really examining, like when you look around at people and you, you know, you have that kind of initial reaction or you develop an impression of someone like catch yourself with that, reconsider what your thoughts are and like really start trying to grow that compassion muscle and realize and think about Mm -hmm. What must it be like for that person to move about the world? And if your answer to that is, oh, well, they should just lose weight, like you're on the wrong podcast. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. Um, And then just the self-awareness. The self-awareness is so important because if I'm in a room full of thin women and they're like talking bad about their body size or something like that, like wrong audience. Yes. Like, if you want to talk to somebody about that, talk to somebody else in a thin body. Because yes. when you have those conversations, it projects onto people who are present who live in larger bodies. And the whole like, oh, well, I'm just saying it about me. Like, no, that shit doesn't fly anymore. Like, yeah. I, right. You're saying about everybody if you're speaking it yeah. out loud. Yes. And I, I feel really strongly that, like, if you're sharing space with me, like, I, I really expect you to have self-awareness. And I hold myself accountable to that as well because I've said dumb shit. Absolutely. I have said in someone else's presence. And then I'm Same. Like, oh, I think we well, all have. Why did I, mm-hmm. You know, like, it didn't register with me. And that was a mistake. And then you apologize for it. Yes. You know? Yeah, absolutely. Owning your um, snafus. Sorry, I wanted to hold you up so you weren't just staring at the ceiling. <laughs> okay, Hi. I was like, okay, let's see. Did I get everything, all of my... Oh, this is the last one. And I think it's just so, so, so important. If you see somebody, like, discriminating against a fat person, like, say something. Like, yep. step in. Like, people go through a lot. I, I have... I have friends that live in larger bodies and hearing about the experiences that they have, like, you know, the story in the book about needing the seatbelt extender on the airplane. I have a friend that did that. And like, that was really, really difficult. And so just if you can step up and be there for fat people and like intervene when you see stuff that should not be happening yeah, and like ask them if they're okay, like, that, that just makes a difference. Absolutely. I think, I think that's like a, that's the same thing. That it, make, do the same thing that you would if you were witnessing any kind of bullying in that any sense. Kind of any bullying. kind of You know what I mean? Like, it's the same thing. Just because, yeah. uh, you know, it's, it's something that you perceive as, you know, that person's fault doesn't make it any you know better you know it's still bullying it's still you being an asshole yeah exactly so it is and i think something that i hear frequently is like this you know living in a larger body is one of the things that has that has held on the longest for like people being permitted or allowed to treat people in larger bodies badly Mm -hmm. like all of these other things that people have been treated badly for have had activism towards to fixing yeah. Mm-hmm. yes yes and like you know i i very much feel like the more that you develop 
a lens where you don't blame people for the size of their bodies, the more body freedom you'll find for yourself. Sure. Absolutely. The less, you know, the less um, criticism and the less shame you will project onto yourself. Absolutely. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. 100% agree with that. 100%. Um, I I love all of those things. Um, (laughs) So do I. I am really glad that we called you and got you on um welcome to the small closet yes. <laughs> hey, i'm so glad you called me and had me on i love you both so much and i just want you to know it's so it means so much to me that you read this book and you are able to like just have this information and share this information on your podcast with other people like it just it means so much to me as your fat friend I took the steps to do this. It's it's really important and it's really meaningful. And I love you both so much. We love you, Chrissy. We love you and a lot. Once again, thank you for coming on. And I'm hoping someday we can have another conversation with you on the podcast. Don't, or, or we what? bring it into book club and make it more direct. <laughs> about it i i absolutely think this is a great book choice i think so too um chrissy we love you get back to joe um have a wonderful evening and um really super excited for us to hear this episode when it also (laughs) if you have any desire to make a margarita and splash some grenadine in it it's effing delicious (laughs) you would you should (laughs) we love you chrissy and we will talk to you later okay Okay, bye bye. thank you That was a wonderful discussion with one of our very best friends. Um, I'm so happy she told us that she wanted us to read this book. She wanted to make this a book club book. And I think we mentioned that last episode. And it just didn't happen. She wasn't fully comfortable with making it a book club book. Yes. um, Because of the discussion it probably would have prompted. Right. Um, I'm glad that we took the initiative to put it on our podcast. I I am as well. where we are. And I really enjoyed having her on. I could have sat and chatted with her for for a while about it. I mean, it. it's Chrissy. We both could sit oh, and talk yeah, to Chrissy absolutely. about everything absolutely. forever. And I mean, that's going to, I guess we can, just talking about what, you know, Chrissy talked about, that's going to prompt enough, uh, plenty of discussions. There, There's plenty of stuff that I marked in this book to talk about, but I don't even know if I need those markings to like chat about this. But I literally stopped on page seven yeah. and was uncomfortable reading yeah. it, realizing, holy fuck, I am an asshole. And it, it, you sent me a text yesterday asking about the drink, and I was still on page seven. Yeah. So, hence my terrible suggestion of a drink. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I was like, Katie, no, that's, no. that's definitely the opposite of what we should be doing for this drink. However, I will say that over the soccer tournament, one of the soccer moms, hey, Erica, I hope you're listening, <laughs> um, who has listened to some episodes she's like so what are you reading for the podcast and i i said it and i was like but i'm on page seven and i'm having a really hard time because i have to put a lot of introspective thoughts into it and i explained what the book was and she's like all right i like it i was like okay so i got through it i it's nonfiction, which yes. neither one of us likes. Neither one of us enjoy, <laughs> yes. So, like, we're not going to have that usual conversation that we have. Um, I I did enjoy reading the book. Absolutely. I very much so did. Yes. And it, it same, same as you, Katie, it definitely opened up my eyes a lot to certain things that I never thought about. And 
even as a person who, you know, was fat for, you know, for a good portion of my life when I was a kid. Um, and then, you know, growing up, I, I don't know, I, I just, there's always those things where it's like, well, you know, uh, you know, someone who really considers himself fat might be like, well, you're not really fat. You know what I mean? Yeah. But like, I think that we, again, we all internalize a lot of that stuff because we're taught from this a is very how young you age. should look. This is yes. how you should feel. And being this heavy as compared to this heavy, you are unhealthy and you need to diet. You need to do this to make yourself look better, feel better, be, be better in in all in all whatever. And um, from a very young age, probably a lot like Chrissy, I internalized a lot of that. I I don't know how you grew up. If you were considered chunky when you grew up, if you were skinny, a skinny kid, I was skinny. Okay, I wasn't. <laughs> I was real skinny. I, I I got fat when I got to college and I found alcohol. Yeah, but, and, and I say we all did that. I say fat. I was never fat. Right, right. I still would not consider myself have ever been fat right. until the last Christmas, right before I started doing Beachbody, right before COVID, or nope, middle of COVID, when I was the heaviest I've ever been, not pregnant, and it was almost as heavy as I was when I was pregnant with Adam. Yeah. Which still looking at me compared to like what she said and how she described the different l- levels of yeah. fat. Yeah. I was still small fat. Yes. Yeah. I'm still buying clothes at the store. And I think that's probably that's probably how I guess I would have described myself as well. Like knowing what I do now from reading this book. But again, because we so internalize these things and how we're supposed to look and whatever I still sometimes look at myself in the mirror and say, I shouldn't look like that. I need to be skinnier than this. Like, you know, there's still that stigma that sticks to you. And it's hard. Like, I still struggle with this every day. Every day. So I read the vast majority of this book yesterday because I hadn't read it yet. And I needed to read it and I wanted to read it and I hadn't. And it became my focus for yesterday. And laying in bed last night, I was thinking about the fact of how I have viewed myself and internalized my body. And like I just said, I was the heaviest I've ever been, which still was not heavy Mm -hmm. in the grand scheme of things. Um, But I wasn't happy with it. And I was sitting there technically laying because I was in bed, (laughs) (laughs) trying to figure out, and there may have been alcohol and there may have been edibles, so this is where my mind got to, (laughs) where I was trying to decide, was I really unhappy with my body because I personally was unhappy with my body or was unhappy with my body because my mental thought of how my body should be was unhappy with my body. Right. And I don't know... It was like a rabbit hole, for lack of a better term, of going through and trying to figure out, do I not like the roles because I shouldn't like the roles or do I not like the roles because I really don't like the roles? Yeah. And it was it, it was very strange. I think that's that that just to me seems a lot like some of the stuff I think about as I'm not I'm not being, you know, who I am. I, I know that I'm a skinny person. I am a small person. You are a very tiny person now. And yes, very tiny. And it's here's here's the thing that um I think that stuff is, again, like internalized social norms. You're thinking of how people 
are supposed to perceive you. And like, that's kind of like your internalized fat pho- phobia in, in that sense. Yes. Like, um, you look at someone, you're like, no, I can't. I don't want to look like that. I want to look like this. And, right. you know, and I think that that's I think that's something that we have to stop worrying about so much. And and right. And because just, I like having day drinks. Yeah, <laughs> I like day drinks. They're fantastic. And I think one of the most important things about the book, too, is the the discussion on um, healthy and unhealthy. And my favorite part of the book like this is jumping way ahead and i don't i don't even think i marked it the last part when she went to the doctor at the end (gasps) yes it was absolute chills when he when she finally has a doctor that she can trust and talk to i mean she nearly had a breakdown sitting in the room thinking waiting waiting to go waiting to go in and and hearing what she has always heard you need to lose weight you need to do this you need to go on a diet blah 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 blah. well of course you you think you're unhealthy because this and then this doctor says you're healthy. healthy. You're you're. Oh, you don't smoke. You don't drink. Yeah. You exercise. Your blood you pressure well. is great. Your blood pressure like, is great. Your yes. blood is clear. You don't yes. smoke pot. Any of that. Yeah. I was so infuriated by the story she told about the nurse who kept taking her blood pressure. Like I, there, I was infuriated multiple times. Yes. Yeah. The fucking guy that was trolling her about being fat on her Instagram and or Twitter or whatever mm-hmm. it was that just kept re- re- relentlessly, relentlessly going at her, going after her, and like that's one of those things that it's like, what, what makes, what makes you feel like you have the right to do exactly. that? What makes you as like, a person fuck think you. that just because a person is larger than you, that you have the right to comment on their body to say anything about how they look? would you feel like how shitty would you feel if they started fucking commenting on all your fucking shit or your daughters or your hat like yes because that is part of the problem is that because like because fat is perceived as unhealthy and you're doing this to yourself and it's your fault that you look this way it's automatically like i can make fun of this because it's not an inherent thing. You know what I mean? Yep. They're not, it's not, you're not black and you're not gay or whatever like that. It's, you're just fat and you did this to yourself. So yes. I have the right to say whatever the fuck I want about you. Free reign. Yes, Free reign. Exactly. The whole concept of, it's a self-earned status of being fat. Um, so on, I, I flagged something on page 83 um, when pressed to explain how we know what we know, most of us will come up with some variation on it's just science, but the science of weight couldn't be more different. As of 2016, researchers at Omni had cataloged 59 different types of obesity, each with their own causes, contributing factors, unknowns, and possible treatments. And at some other point in time, and I'm not sure that I wrote it down, there, it says that there's like five or seven or two, po- I, I shouldn't quote numbers that I don't remember. <laughs> And didn't flag, but there's a whole shit ton of genes that can cause obesity with zero right self control right over what you're doing right. Exactly. No matter what you diet, no matter what you eat, yes. you will be obese because yes. you have these factors. Yes, absolutely. And it's just it, like I said, it's it's eye opening to me because I have thought those things like. I think we all have. And that's just diet because I think it about myself. Like if I just eat better and exercise more, I'll lose the weight, which it works for me. 
Like, I know that I have that control over my body because it, it does respond to that. And that there is a lot of self-control involved in that. Whether I want to actually use that self-control right. and try to dominate the things that I would actually just prefer to do. Right. Right. The guy's name was Dr. Bacon at the end. I fucking <laughs> love bacon. And I know that bacon when I great. was in college, I ate a BLT every fucking day for an entire year because yeah. the sub shop next to the bookstore where I worked made a BLT that was fucking amazing. Penny, I love you. You're probably not alive because that was too many years ago. <laughs> but you made the best BLTs. Can, can I and tell I you just can I tell you what I used to eat for for dinner I, in college? I ate Cheetos and chocolate chip cookies every lunch in high school. My my dinner in college was um basically a flurry. Like a McFlurry? Chocolate ice cream with crushed up Oreos. Oh, Oreo McFlurry. That was, was my fucking thing. dinner. That was my dinner. And they're delicious. I they fucking are, love them. I love them. And I still to this day will eat that. <laughs> so that's where this conversation goes to is why do we need to not eat that specifically to maintain a body that others would seem desirable? Granted, we shouldn't eat it four meals a day when there's really only three right. meals and it's not really the healthiest, yeah. which is what that guy at the end gets into about it is Dr. Bacon because I literally wrote down dr bacon with an exclamation point <laughs> about going into healthy behaviors for a person it's not dieting it's not exercise it's healthy yes like do things healthily for your body yes. yeah there are plenty of things that you you do to be healthy and have that have nothing to do with food nothing to do with weight nothing to do with anything it, it's it's about like it's about behaviors such as again smoking like yeah constant drinking like alcoholism i mean like you know that's a, you. that's a yeah whatever <laughs> yeah no <laughs> there's a lot of mental health involved too Absolutely. and she didn't she didn't she was kind of like skirting around a lot of the mental health sides of it and how she was internalizing stuff but i think that she's right at the point of saying a lot of it is mental health driven and right. and how you perceive yourself and how you internalize it and it's just going to make you not have, there's so many times where she said, you know, all these, uh, the diet culture, it, it makes people eat worse. Absolutely. Just, Absolutely. Okay. I have had lots of experience with dieting um, from a very young age. And, you know, getting a little personal here, I mentioned, you know, I was a fat kid and I spent much of my formative years being picked on by friends, um, non-friends, uh, family members, my father in particular. Uh, my nickname was Tubbo. And while my sister's nickname was Squirt, you know, like, I mean, because she was so tiny and cute. And me, my nickname for my dad was Tubbo. And wow, yeah, it, it's harmful. It's harmful for, harmful for a little kid. Like, that's probably the first memory I have is my parents arguing about um, how my dad treated me about my weight. One of the first memories I have. And um, I can tell you that in high school, I developed an eating disorder. Thankfully, it never got to something where I needed to seek help for, but it was dangerous enough in itself. I would 
not eat lunch at school. So people people knew. I There were people who went to the counselors and said, you know, Sarah doesn't eat anything. I've never seen Sarah eat anything, blah, blah, blah. And um, I would go home bec- and I was starving and I would have one cookie. And after that cookie, I would go in my room and I'd do 400 crunches. Because 400. 400 crunches. Because I felt that I had to. Because of this internalized stuff where I spent all these years thinking that I was fat. When looking back in actuality, I probably wasn't that big. And it wasn't that big of a deal. But your because like it's placed on you, somebody is looking at you and, and calling you those words. And of course, you're going to internalize that and say, this is my fault. I do this to myself. I did this to myself. So after that, in college, of course, I gained some weight in college. Then I started taking diet pills. I didn't sleep for like a month because I took too many diet pills. Speed going yeah. crazy. Yeah. And I mean, finally, I figured out why I wasn't sleeping. And I'm like, okay, I got to stop that. And that's fine. And, you know, I just like... I, str- I struggled with it for a long time. And, you know, then I had the kids. So there's that mm-hmm. and whatever. And to this day, and I said this before, to this day, I struggle. I struggle because of how I grew up. And that stuff, I don't think I could really get rid of that stuff without going to, like, extensive therapy. You know what I mean? I, I still sometimes will say to myself... I can't eat right now because, you know, I ha- I'm 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 going out for dinner tonight. So I'm going to skip di- I'm going to skip lunch. I'm going to go How many times have I said to you, I don't drink today because I didn't work out today? Absolutely. Absolutely. It's those little tiny things that we have internalized because socially it's unacceptable to be fat. Yeah. Which so I, you're worried about it. The whole concept of airplane seats? Mhm. And all of the other constructs that go right along with airplane seats as far as fit your body in here. Oh, you can't fit in here? Pay for double. Right. Fuck you. Like, we've made, as a culture, this whole thing worse than it ever needed to be. Mm -hmm. And by making it worse, it's made it worse on top of that. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it just, it's... It's so shitty. <laughs> it's very it really shitty. is. It's like, very shitty. And like reading a book like this, you you recognize your own, like you said to, yeah. to Chrissy, you recognize your own fat phobia. And it hurts. It hurts to have to internalize that and think, wow, like I'm I'm kind of a shitty person too. I have thought these feeling I've thought these things. I know I am a shitty person about this. There's a woman at work. That I detest. She is absolutely atrocious at her job. Like, the worst ever. And it... (laughs) I I can't explain as much as I possibly could how much she sucks at her job. And her job affects multiple different areas. Mm -hmm. She's responsible for hiring for a large portion of my agency. Okay. In my immediate reaction to her and her sucking at her job, because I can't directly complain about her job to her supervisor because it, it's not it's not in my area. If I was to complain, it would have to go to my boss. 
his boss sure. who would have to talk to the director of the other unit and it would have to trickle down and it's not going to be as effective as me saying maybe she got off her fat ass she could actually work her job better yeah. and realizing that that's my immediate reaction to somebody is a problem it hurt yeah to realize that yeah you have to change your entire way of thinking in this book this book it it, it blasted my eyes open and it wasn't so much i want everybody to read this book i feel like this is a huge discussion that just needs to be undertaken across all of society Mm -hmm. and i i don't even know how to try to like get to that point in time because it just seems like it's it's like people being massively racist and it never being a topic of conversation it's like slaves are still there. We're just going to let them go. And they, this tiny little subset of group of people being like, maybe we shouldn't. Yeah. And it, like, it's huge. Yes. Well, I think the, the one of the craziest things is you don't realize how systemic it is until she brings in some of this stuff. Like, you know, the whole the whole BMI talk. Like the fact that that is from the fucking Greeks and that's still what we use. And then yeah. in 1998, we were like, just kidding. It's too big. Let's make it smaller. Yes. Yeah. What the fuck? Yeah. It doesn't it doesn't make any sense. Like, I mean, and that's still something. It's a great ratio. What's from funny? 300 fucking right. years ago. 3000 years ago. I don't and, even know when the Greeks were because that's a history thing. <laughs> Fucking A. And what's funny to me is that, like, that's still something that, you know, um, like, doctors will look at and use. Yeah. Even though it has been, it has been, like, proven that it means fucking nothing. nothing. It means nothing. So, I I don't know, because we have, we have, like, a scale that shows BMI, and I'm like, no, I don't fucking want, like, I'm not going to deal with that. Like, first of all, women obviously have bigger BMIs Mm -hmm. than men do. Like, that's just a fact. Like, whatever. Um. So, I mean, there's so many, like, little stories that she she told, like, her doctor visit as a kid when the doctor was, you know, um, basically telling her, without telling her, you're fat, you've got to, you've got to do this and this and this to be skinny and pretty and, and healthy and whatever. And, like, the fact that there was so many doctor biases towards fat people that they didn't have the... They still don't have the the tools to actually diagnose the the problem. The fact that she had an ear infection, they're like, mm, maybe if you lost weight. How about the fact that they? It's can't a fucking even... ear infection. But how about the fact that like I didn't even think about this as being an issue. Medications, yes. Dosages of medications. Plan B. Plan B. Yes. You might still have the baby because we don't. We don't factor know in the fact that it's yes, going to count in a for larger all body. Of you. Yes, exactly. It might not work in a larger body. You That's might have hormones that are levels like this, and we're only going to deal with this many yes. of them. Yeah, I, there was hand gestures there. It was there like a hundred percent and like seventy five percent. No, that was that was something very eye opening to me. I'd never never thought of that before. Like mm-hmm. medication in any sense, like antidepressants, uh, antibiotics. It? Like I mean, I, I can't even it. imagine. The fact that, you know, if you're if you're a larger person, you might not get to ever feel the way that a, like a, a, a smaller size person feels when they're taking the same medication as you. Yeah. That's two Advil for you and two Advil for me, me is different than two Advil yes, for somebody that's, that's really horrifying. Large. Like why? Why? And that's and, and this goes back to the same conversation we had when we talked about uh, race. Why is skinny 
the what's considered normal or the yeah. default. Yep. Why? Yep. I mean, skinny isn't even like our average size as no. as human. No. You know what I mean? The average size. What'd she say? 16? The average size, size is 16? 16? Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. So like, that's crazy to me that it, it's not focused on what our average size is. It's focused on what you want our sizes yes. to be. And then as soon as something is advertised in a size 16, mm-hmm. who wants to see that? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. I, Everybody, if you look around, that's what what's around you. I mean, they they've done a lot of work on certain things like um, you know, Sports Illustrated uh, swimsuit edition models being much big, you know, like bigger than they have in the past and I absolutely adore that, but immediately gets backlash. Immediately gets backlash. Of course. Some, what am I going to buy this some magazine guy for? is going to post on uh, some fucking Twitter troll is going to post and say, "Ew, I don't want to see this on my swimsuit." And it's like, going to be the same guy that's yeah. looking up that same fat porn. <laughs> Which I have to say, the whole middle section of the book that was about sex because for whatever fucking reason, sex is more interesting than anything. I had a couple of things that I wanted to chat about with regard to sex. The whole fact that um this is this was a, a news to me. That a vibrator was created <laughs> as to a result fight of hysteria. hysteria. I wrote that. I wrote that. Amazing. <laughs> Amazing. I fucking love that. I'm like, can you just the fact that women decided, oh shit, like <laughs> it's almost like t- like t- we took that back for ourselves. Like you, oh, you thought that this is gonna. Right, fight I got it right this. here. Hysteria, literally, because we talked about hysteria. Where was that? Is that was that, that in was Vox? In box. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Hysteria, literally meaning uterus madness, stemmed from an ancient Greek belief that uteruses move freely through the body. My Siri is flashing right now, like it's recording everything I'm saying. So <laughs> hang on. Uh, eventually, inducing disease or causing strangulation, but at the time of Quetlet's work, who is the doctor that they're referencing, yep. she's referencing, hysteria was a medical diagnosis typified by anxiety, irritability, and the desire in pursuit of sex. Notably, hysteria was best treated by, quote-unquote, genital massage, which led to the invention of the vibrator, mm-hmm. initially utilized as a medical treatment to be administered in a doctor's office. First of all, if I ever went to a doctor's office and they said, here, let me just gently massage your clit, <laughs> I'm going to have an issue. <laughs> unless he's hot and then i might have less of an issue yeah but yeah however hysteria yeah that was one of the things that i was like holy shit i love that like that was basically created i don't know like i don't know if it said exactly who created the vibrator but if that was something that was created by men and we women were like oh we're oh, taking this yeah i'm us. hysterical like, right yeah, now hi raising my hand yes. here i me over here hysterical crazy i need that vibrating thing to <laughs> touch my my nethers again please um i i thought that that was you know mind-blowing um the story the story about her in the grocery store where that woman felt <gasps> that it was her right to take her fucking food out of yeah. her cart oh you and don't it was a this. melon Fuck you, bitch. It wasn't a slab of bacon or something extremely fat involved. So, does it matter? It Don't doesn't. fucking touch my fucking food. It doesn't. Don't touch it my doesn't. cart. It, it really does not. But it just made it that much more ridiculous in yeah. my mind that... She reached into her fucking cart and took something out of it and been yeah. like, you don't need this. Yeah. Yeah. Hi. Fuck you, lady. Yeah. 
fuck you. Like, it's just, and that goes back to the whole thing of, like, thinking that you have a right to someone else's body. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. just you personally as a person have, have a right to make a comment on, have a right to um, stare at, point at, uh, take something out of a person's cart because you don't think that person needs it because they're a little bit bigger than you. The fact that she turned it around and at some point in that basically called out the woman's own body issues and, yeah. and was basically like it's her way of taking it out of her own mental sure. mental cart sure because she doesn't quote unquote need it yeah but that's just like i mean i don't know that's just giving i'm not giving her she doesn't get a password no it's no that, and that's what i ridiculous. mean like yeah and, but that's again like that's some and and aubrey says mentions that a lot like she's basically like you know oh you know they have their own issues they like basically giving these people passes but and it took her a while to understand that no, she is, they don't they need don't passes. have they yeah. don't have the right to talk yep. to me like this or talk about me like this. There was other stuff like that that got me infuriated. Like, um, oh, shit. The first the first one that I haven't that I have listed that I haven't mentioned yeah. yet. Page sixty two. Not only is long term weight loss extremely unlikely. Dieting for weight loss may actually be hazardous to our health. What we have long considered the health conditions associated with being fat, in actuality, may be the effects of long-term dieting, which very fat people are pressured heavily to do. Absolutely. So you look fat, you want to diet, and then you're yo-yo dieting or disordered eating, whatever, is causing you to actually have those health conditions that when you then go to the doctor, the doctor goes... Uh, just lose some weight. Yeah. And then it'll be addressed. Right. Right. Fuck. Yeah, exactly. There's, it's just it's a, like it's a, a cycle. cycle. It's a cycle. No. Yes. It just keeps going and going and going. And unfortunately, I think my biggest worry about something like this is that this is one of the like this is one of those things that's gonna be put on the back burner for other social things. You know what I mean? Like we can't talk about this because we've got we feminism to work with... for, racism to work through. We got to fight fights we've already abortion. fought. Well, exactly, exactly. F- fights that you thought would already have been have taken care done. of, but yeah. So on page seven, which is exactly where I got to, yeah, and I got I that. frozen. That's so funny. Was but straight-sized people's tasks will be threefold: not to buckle under the weight of their own discomfort, to stay in the conversation long enough to learn, and to take proactive action to counter anti-fat bias and help defend fat people. Yeah. And I got to that line and I was like, frozen. It froze me. Like, that's me. Yeah. I need to do that. Yes, exactly. And, And it was hard to realize that. I think this is, like, this is the important thing about, like, taking on a book like this that, you know, we normally wouldn't pick. And because it it forces us to look at our own issues and it forces us to realize that we might think that we're we're good people because, you know, we we uh, fight against racism and sexism and all this stuff. But we know, like, this is also an issue. There's this whole other thing that we obviously need to work on ourselves, you know, Mm -hmm. and I think that when people start to realize that that's when stuff gets better. Like in if you're if you're asking me, this is one of those things that is probably most easily figured out and and helped. The problem is 
people don't they want don't to. hear it people don't want to hear it nope like if if everybody sat down and said you know what like it doesn't matter body size like that would probably be way easier than people saying you know okay let's get rid of systemic racism like you know yep. what i mean like yep. because this is just one of those things that um people don't want to hear and and not for nothing but like so systemic racism it's there it exists but there are those pockets of our country where it's predominantly white Mm -hmm. a lot of the red states predominantly white i was in vermont over the weekend predominantly white absolutely however that's a blue state though i i understand (laughs) that's because they like pot and they just are happy to make everybody happy and they pave their roads and everybody's happy um also, they have moose, which I've never seen. Neither have I. Was hoping for one. Um, but fat is everywhere. Like, that's not a specific right. color state. Yes. It's not a specific gender. It's not a specific race. And she goes into that at one point in time that, you know, fat black women are one of the most marginalized. Absolutely. Co- comedic. Yes. Things, which, by the way... What the fuck is up with black comedians making fat black women movies? Yeah. Why what is that fuck? a thing? Yeah. Why is that a thing? Uh, it just I, I, like I've known that it has happened. But until she actually listed out all the comedians that have done, yes. especially like series of movies, I was like, what? Can I tell you the, that? What I was, is the point of all of it? Can that? I tell you that I was very happy that I've never seen any of those movies other than Agreed. The Nutty Professor. That's I saw The, the Nutty only Professor one I've too. Ever seen. Probably because it's Disney. Yeah, and the fact that it, you know... That's me. And we were, like, little kids. Yeah. Littler kids when that came out, and it was like, your parents were like, oh, this is a funny movie, you know, whatever. I'm glad that I have never seen a single one of those movies, because... I did see Just Friends with Ryan Reynolds, because I love Ryan Reynolds. (laughs) Yes, and, like... like I got, I got. Which has like, to do with Ryan Reynolds and less with the movie. Exactly, exactly. That's that's the problem. But then as soon as I read that, I was like, oh fuck! Like yeah, that mm-hmm. does it too. That mm-hmm. does it too. Yep. Um, I can't help but love that movie though. Fuck, <laughs> it's just like it sucks. It sucks. It's but Ryan Reynolds. But it's so it's so right. Like the fact that uh, all these movies and especially Just Friends in particular is like. He's only desirable now because he lost all this he weight. He lost the weight. He yeah. lost this weight. He's now this handsome, gorgeous guy. But he couldn't have been gorgeous and handsome when he was fat Chris Brander. You know what yep. I mean? Like, it's sad. Mm-hmm. It's and really there, sad. There's so many other mainstream media negative depictions of fat people. And the fact that she just kept listing them and listing them and listing yeah. them. And it's TV shows. And it's... Netflix series and it's movies yeah. and it's comedic movies and it's serious movies and all of these things. And then she's like, here's the one example that I liked that made me cry because she was real and she actually had a character. Yeah, the and Melissa it was McCarthy like, movie. Yeah, which yeah. I, I, I can't mean, remember the name of it, but um, and I haven't I haven't seen it, but I'm put like I'm putting it on my yeah. like, let's let's watch this movie list. Um, Yeah, it, it's it. It sucks. It makes me feel very. It makes me feel guilty for how i've thought person how i've thought a about myself and like my own body and how like i have perceived other people in the past absolutely and like again like as we were talking about with chrissy i just i think that's an important reason to read something like this is because it makes you it opens up your eye a little bit to say this is how you have been thinking 
and it's here's not right. a thousand reasons yes, why you, why you shouldn't, shouldn't be doing that. Yes. So yeah. that's what, one of the things that I did think at some point while I was reading this is she's a phenomenal writer, mm-hmm. and I fucking hate books with footnotes, but. I liked the fact that her footnotes were just all at the back. So they weren't just like blocking up the pages on the bottom. Which Bitch, is... I was tr- I was looking for those footnotes at the bottom. <laughs> like, where the fuck are The first time there was a number, I'm like, how many pages back does she have them? Oh, yeah. she's got them all back in the back. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. Um, I do want to say, I, I feel like this was an extremely dense 160 page. Absolutely. 166 page 100%. Book. Yes. Very well written. Yes. I want to take I like I guess I would really like to see how she had it broken up as your friend your fat friend as her her yeah. essays because I feel like those would be more likely to be read by people but then when I was also thinking that I was also right along with it saying people would read those and be like oh she's just a fat bitch complaining about shit absolutely like yeah. it, and I think that the way that they were all put together and the way she bridged all the theories and, and essays was not theories. All all of her supporting documentation was so well done that it almost needs to be read as the full book. Absolutely. Yeah. But I don't think that there's a lot of people that would be willing to actually do that. Yes. The top of the book actually says, you know, timely, elegant, searing, required reading for absolutely everyone. And as a quote, from Roxanne Gay, author of Bad Feminist and Hunger, who I don't know anything about. But the fact that that's right on the front, it should be. And mm-hmm. I feel like this is something that almost even should be read at, like, a high school level to just be like, you're not fucking alone. Yeah. Like, yeah. And to show people who who do treat fat people poorly that... You know, stop fucking stop doing, doing it. it. Like you look like an asshole. You are an asshole. Yeah. And here's a million reasons why. You know, like you said. Um, I, said I will a thousand, say but yeah. a thousand. Yeah, exactly. But I, <laughs> I upped it to a million. That's fine. Um. Anyway, she does have Aubrey Gordon does have a website, and it's yourfatfriend.com, and that's where she posts most of her essays. She's okay. she writes for um Self Magazine, and she'll post a lot of her uh writings on there. Um, like for instance, uh, one of these last ones, uh, May 31st, uh, fat isn't a bad word. It's just the way I describe my body. And that's like one of her essays. And, um, you know, I, I think that knowing that that's out there, it almost is like one of those four letter F words, but only with three letters. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I, I know. And it's hard because you like, um, even asking Chrissy, like, hey, Chrissy, how do you want us to... How do you want to talk? How introduce, do you want to... Yeah. Introduce you. Like, I don't... It's hard because I don't want to be like, here's my fat friend. Because I don't... I would never... I w- exactly. I, that's I would not never how I say, oh, here's Chrissy. <laughs> She's our fat friend. Yeah. That, that's, I wouldn't. It's Like, it sounds mean when you put it that way. But when but she But is it mean because it, that's what we thought exactly. it should be? It, yeah. 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 So, um, no, I don't think I would ever say to Chrissy, here's my fat friend. Chrissy's just my friend. Chrissy is my you friend. You know what I mean? Like, that's just some one of those things. So, but again, I think that's some one of those things that you have to get over. Like, fat is a description of a body. It's, and it's a description just like skinny and, um, you tall, know, tall, short. short. Exactly. I mean. White, black. Right. Male, right. People. Female. 
how are you Sis. supposed to describe people, basically? So, uh, real quick question. Yeah, she referred multiple times to Latinx. Yes, I had no idea that that was a way to describe people yeah. or refer to people. That's certain. That's a newer. That's a newer term. Okay. Um, pause and take a. Do you, did you look it up at all? I did not. I have at a at a certain point, and I can't exactly remember. Let me just look it up really quickly. Um, okay. Latinx is a, uh, I don't know how to say that word, neologism in American English, sometimes used to refer to people of Latin American cultural or ethnic identity in the United States. The gender neutral X suffix replaces the O-A ending of Latino or Latina. Okay. Okay. That makes, yeah. That makes sense. That does. Right? Yeah. So then it's, it's... I just didn't know if it was something more than that that I was just unaware of. Yes. So basically it's just... Um, it's all taking out the gender yep, of it because instead. because a lot of Spanish language is either masculine or feminine, Correct. which is that O or that Correct. A. And I've always wondered, like when I read it, sometimes I don't think Latin X. I always say Latinx, like like Latinx, <laughs> like, and that's just my own brain doing it. But I do think it's pronounced Latin X. If I'm not mistaken, I can't exactly see that here. Because um, the internet is only as wonderful as you want it to be. Usage and pronunciation. Hang on. Let me just see if that's... It. Pronunciations of Latinx documented in dictionaries include um, Latinx. Yeah. Yeah. So that's correct, basically. Or some people, I guess, say Latinx or Latinx um, have also been reported. But um, I think probably Latinx is the most general term for that it just kind of covers everybody yeah yeah gotcha that's kind of cool in my opinion that we're creating these words to like cover everybody well cover the fact that you know like yeah a lot of these things are gender-based and we're strongly now realizing that gender is a social construct and not Mm -hmm. not a biological right thing so i mean that's really cool to to see that so agreed um i don't know i like that uh do you have any more in this one? I think I think I'm good. I think we touched on everything. Um, I'm so happy that Chrissy prompted us to get this book, read too. this book, discuss this book, and me that too. she was willing to talk to us on here me too. about this book. And I hope that once she left that and and then she listens to our further conversation, she doesn't go, fuck, like, they screwed the whole wow, shit up. <laughs> they really suck. Um, I think that it's, it's important to understand that we are... People are fa- fallible. Yep. We all have flaws. Yep. And what makes you a better person is learning from those flaws and trying to fix them. And addressing them. And addressing Absolutely. them. And um, I don't know about you. And I, I I do know, basically, just from this discussion, um, I know myself, I am learning every single day, no mm-hmm. matter what the issue is. And, um, you know, late 30s, early 40s, like... Fuck off. Just only 40. <laughs> You're still early 40s. I love you. But that I'm like early, early, early 40s. <laughs> oh, it's only like six more months until you're less than... Right? Back off. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. I love so anyways. you. I love you. <laughs> um, so, yeah. We're learning. And um, the important thing is that uh, we keep learning and, yes. and keep opening our minds and to those new things. Yes. Exactly. And hopefully a lot of the other parts of society will start doing the same. Yes. And and don't forget your children. 
You yep. know, you're teaching your children as you are also yep. learning. And um, one of which I called Meatball for a large portion of his toddlerhood. A meatball. Oh, but that's. That's but he was a cute Yeah, that's he just a cute idea. Was like, like, shaped yeah. like meatball. meatball. That's the only time in society when it's acceptable acceptable yeah, to be heavy is when you're, you're a, a toddler, a baby and a toddler, yeah. and you've got the baby fat, like whatever. Anyway, um, let's jump to our epilogue, Katie. Okay. Epilogue. <laughs> you don't have to say that. I know, but I like to. I just oh, want to make it really clear because I God. feel like the last episode, there was kind of a gap where I don't think we said story and he might have just kind of put our story in there when we should have said story. But Maybe. I don't remember. Um, I anywho. Like, any, I feel like we tell him, don't we, Chris? Anyway. Probably not. Um, so we are reading next time uh, The Time Traveler's Wife. Time Traveler's Wife. Nope. Yes, we are. Nope. Yes, that's next. I thought that the devil on cage was next. No, time traveler's wife is next. Are you a thousand then percent the positive? Devil. I checked today. I checked today because I wanted to make that's sure. That's good because I'm not getting that book until at least tomorrow for both of us. Perfect. So make sure you get the time. I already have book. it. I've good. had it for like four months. Perfect. Okay. So next book is The Time Traveler's Wife by Audrey Niffenegger. And We're going um, from Aubrey to Audrey. Exactly. Yes. Uh, You've read that one. I've read it. This will probably be my third time reading it. I've definitely read it never twice. Never read it. Never seen the movie. It's going to be totally original. You don't need to see the movie. I understand the concept. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's, I'm a little concerned about reading, like I can, I, for a long time considered it's one of my favorite books and I'm a little concerned about reading it again because. Do you think there's more like it's current little, events? It's weird. No. Okay. No. But. In a way, because it, it in a way it seems a little bit like a guy grooming a girl who to do what he wants her to do. Yes, because and I won't go too far into it, but we're talking about a guy who time travels and meets his future wife when he is a certain age and she oh, is. Oh, so very this is like little. Back to the Future and in how? A way, yeah, okay. yeah. In a way, which that's amusing you say that because over the weekend Luke was convinced that. Eric is going to marry one of the brothers of one of the soccer players who's older than the soccer player, which was really fucking creepy. And he just kept <laughs> saying in 2038 when the two of them are going to get married. And I'm like, just stop. Yeah. Just stop. He's like, I had to go far enough out that it wasn't weird. I was like, exactly. And right it's now it's weird. fucking weird. Yeah. Eric yeah. is five. <laughs> I think that's, I think, and that's a discussion, like, that's a whole discussion that we can have next, next time, time because, like, that's a thing. Like people sexualize little girls at a very young age, waiting for their 18th birthday because they know there. they're going to be hot. Yep. You know what I mean? Like that, and that's certainly something we can discuss next time. And I'm looking forward to it. Um, either way, I do remember this being a, a very well written book. I loved it when I read it the first time, probably 15 ish years ago, and um, the second time, probably 10 years ago. Okay. <laughs> so it's um, not super fresh. It's not super fresh. I'm excited to but read you it like again. It. I'm good. very excited good. to read it again. Like, yeah. I remember I remember the ending. I remember what happens at the end. But, like, little things in between, it'll be interesting to read again. Um, so that's that. Of course, we are going to have a cocktail to go with we that. Will. Don't know what that is, but Katie, our... our cocktail researcher? I, cocktail researcher. Like, I'm the mixologist. Better Googler. I'm the mixologist. <laughs> I make all of our cocktails, but you are definitely the, uh, the cocktail researcher because... I can't fucking ever figure that shit out. <laughs> um, so we make a good team in that sense. We do. 
Yay, drinking. Yes, exactly. Um, And I think that's it, Katie. I don't have anything more to say, right? No, other than, you know, like, rate, review, and subscribe. Oh, yeah, I forgot that part. This is, like, the first time I've ever said it, Holy shit, yeah. Follow us on Twitter. On our socials. On our socials. At ToBeRedPod, unless it's Gmail, at ToBeRedPodcast. At gmail.com. At gmail.com. There's no ad at the beginning. Yeah, you don't have to add an ad to that. Um, uh, rate, review, and subscribe. Five stars, please. Um, we're still, you know... Waiting for something to happen. <laughs> waiting. And we love doing this. We really do. So, like, we're going to talk about books for as long as, you know, we Chris want to. Chris wants to produce us. Chris wants to produce us, and we're bored talking about it, <laughs> yeah. which... It's not happening. not going to happen. Nope. Um, so, anyway, guys, uh, please join us next time. Robo-concept when we make your two beer pile one book shorter. Thank you, everybody. Bye. Bye. Read to me. Written and performed by Austin Maffa. we Holy, do but that's my underwear we have what are you doing <laughs> my pants are falling down apparently <laughs> sorry oh my god you're funny you're funny all right so, so.